Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Crossroads Community Church. Good morning. Good to see you. How are you today? Good. Amen. Amen. We are going to be reading from Numbers chapter 14, verses 20 through 25, as Melanie so beautifully read earlier. So hopefully you are joining us in our reading of of the Bible this year, our chronological Bible study. If you didn't, if you weren't aware, we are doing that uh, chronological Bible reading through this year. Um, you can look on our website to find um, that that reading plan if you aren't uh, aware of it. I want to recap the story so far for us. Okay, in the beginning, God created. He gave his promise in Genesis 12 to Abraham. He said, Abraham, in your offspring, the whole world will be blessed. And he repeated that promise, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And then we remember the people were, um, they went to Egypt because of the famine. And then they were enslaved in Egypt and they were treated really badly. Their cries came up to the Lord, the Lord heard them, and he said, Moses, go deliver the people out of Egypt. Moses said, me? The Lord said, yes, signs and wonders. I'm going to deliver my people out of Egypt. And so God does that with a mighty, his mighty hand. He performs signs and wonders and leads the people out of Egypt. And then they're, they're on their way. I don't know how many of them, a lot of them. They're, they're being led by Moses, and they come to Mount Sinai, and God's presence meets Moses, and he, he gives Moses the, the, the covenant and the new, the new command, the commandments, the Ten Commandments and the law. And all the people say, oh, Lord, we will follow your law. The Lord says, if you follow these commands, you will be blessed, and I will give you the land, this good land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and if you disobey me, it will not go well for you. That was the promise, and the the people said, we will obey your word. So God was about to lead them straight into the promised land, the land that he promised, the good land, the blessed land. And then here we find ourselves in Numbers chapter 14, where the people had, if you remember the story in Numbers so far this week, the people complained and rebelled over and over and over again. And finally, in Numbers chapter 14, we find our text, and God says, I've had enough. I am going to disinherit these people. I'm going to destroy all of them. And Moses and Aaron and and, and Joshua and Caleb They fall on their faces, and they tear their clothes, which is a sign of of repentance and anger and anguish, and they cry out to God, please, God, don't don't destroy your people. Remember your promise that you made to me, Moses says, that that you'll be a God abounding in steadfast love, but you you will still be a God of judgment. The Lord says here in verse 20, then the Lord said, I have pardoned according 
to your word. The word that the Lord pardoned according to was in verse 18. If you look up a couple of verses, Moses cries out to the Lord and he repeats the promise that God had already given him. So he repeats God's word back to God. Moses says in 18, the Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, forgiving iniquity and transgression, but he will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation. Please, God, pardon the iniquity of this people according to the greatness of your steadfast love, just as you have forgiven from Egypt until now. So he prays God's word back to God. This is a fantastic, this is a good way to pray. Pray God's word back to him. It's powerful. God says, because of your word, I have pardoned. Now, I want to take a moment and I want to acknowledge Moses and Aaron's disposition towards God. So what happened was when the people said, they actually, if you read the story here in chapter 14, what the people did was they um, there was 12 spies that went into the promised land, the land of Canaan, and they, wanted, they were supposed to check out the land. And so when they came back, two of them, Caleb and Joshua, remained faithful to God. And they had faith, and they said, we believe God. He said he would give us this land. But 10 of them said, no way. Uh, they are huge. They're giants. They're stronger than us. They're bigger than us. They're, we're outnumbered. We, God will not deliver us. We're all going to die. We need to go back to Egypt. You know what? As a matter of fact, let's, let's kill Moses and let's elect a new leader and go back to Egypt. That's what they said. So when this happens, Moses and Aaron realize this is really, really bad. So they fall on their faces, tear their clothes, cry out to God. And I don't want to miss their disposition there. They knew that there was sin. We need to be very careful if we think that we don't have sin in our lives. The song we just sang, Thank You Jesus for the Blood, is beautiful because it, remem- it reflects on how we were before Christ. In Psalm 139, the very end of the verse, chapter, you don't have to turn there now, I'll just tell you what it says, but you can write it down if you want to. The end of Psalm 139 says, search me, O Lord, see if there's any grievous way in me. See if there's anything in me that I need to repent of, and that's a beautiful prayer for us to be aware of our sin. If we're not aware of the things that God has forgiven us of, we will not be grateful and we won't be thankful. And when you know how much you have been forgiven, you'll be able to forgive much as well. We remember the parable of Jesus where he was talking to his disciples and he said, guys, who do you think loves me more? The person who's only been forgiven this much or the person who's been forgiven a lot? Who do you think loves me more? And the disciple says, well, I suppose the person who's been forgiven a lot will love you more. He said, exactly. I think the point is not how much we've been forgiven for. I think the point is our heart. We need to 
be like the person who says, God, I acknowledge all that you've forgiven me for. Thank you. I, I worship you and I love you. The next verse here in Numbers chapter 14, verse 21, the Lord says, I have pardoned according to your word, 21, but truly as I live and as the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. But as truly as I live and as the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. And he's about to say in 22 that what, what the consequence is. What we can learn here from this verse is what is God's mission? Every decision that you make, you make a lot of decisions in your life and in your day, your decisions are motivated by your mission or your purpose. So you have a reason that you make every decision that you make, whatever it is. You have a reason. You don't make decisions based on no reason. Well, God also makes decisions based on a reason. Why does God do the things that he, he does? He lets you in here. He says, as surely as the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. God's mission is his own glory. That's what God wants. So we should also want the glory of the Lord. How does God fill the earth with his glory? All right, I want to recap the story again. And in the very first, very beginning of Genesis, in, in Eden, everything was perfect. The earth was full of God's glory. And then sin happened. They were expelled from the garden. And the, the glory and goodness and beauty of the Lord was no longer filling the earth. And so God, ever since that moment, has been working to fill the earth again with his glory. And how does he do that? Through people. So his promise to Abraham in Genesis 12, through your offspring, the whole world will be blessed. Fast forward to Matthew chapter 1. Do you remember at the beginning of Matthew chapter 1? What is it? A genealogy. And it says, it traces from Abraham to Jesus. Jesus is the plan to bring God's glory back to the earth. And then Jesus paid for our sin. He ascended into heaven and he sent the Holy Spirit, which dwells in you and I today, those who have faith. We are God's glory here on the earth. All right, so imagine for a moment just a picture like this globe, the world, and it's dark, okay? Just this picture. And you have these little bubbles of light. And then you have these stick people that they don't have a bubble of light around them. So you and I, okay, if, if we have faith in Jesus, we have a light bubble. Remember Jesus said you're the light of the world. And, and in your life, you are displaying the glory and the person of Jesus Christ and of God, the character of God, to the people that you encounter. And then they want a relationship with the God that you serve, and they place their faith in Jesus Christ, and now they have a bubble around them, a light bubble. Okay, so that's a little illustration of how God is filling the earth with his glory. It's through you and I and the way that we live. 
So God says, as surely as I will fill the earth with my glory. Verse 22. None of the men who have seen my glory and my signs that I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and yet have put me to the test these ten times and have not obeyed my voice. None of them shall see the land that I swore to give to their fathers. And none of those who despised me shall see it. So what's happening here is there's consequences for, for their actions. So God calls the people because of their disobedience and rebellion to suffer in the wilderness for 40 years. He says one day for every, one year for every day you were spying out the land. And as he promised, if you, if you obey me, you will be blessed. If you disobey me, you will not be blessed. Caitlin and I have been married five years. When we first got married, we went to a hunt, on our honeymoon to um, the Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico, a little place called Tulum. Tulum. Before we went, she said, Ricky, I want you to be in charge of the sunscreen. <laughs> and uh, I was warned, don't get the spray sunscreen. It doesn't work. And I was a hard-headed little, however old I was, and... I got the spray sunscreen, and we showed up, opened up the bag, and she's like, you got the spray sunscreen? I'm like, oh, it'll be all right. And so, of course, I got super burnt. Somehow she didn't. Maybe she sprayed more of it or something. But anyway, I got burnt. And uh, I was warned, but I didn't listen. And, um, and that's, that's a fact of life. There are absolutely consequences to our actions. Much of the pain in our lives is a result of bad choices, either by us or by others. There's, I don't know, 200 people in this room right now. There's probably two. There's, so, there's every life right here undoubtedly has pain in it caused by bad decisions. Some pain is, happens to you because there is just suffering and evil in the world. A lot of pain is caused by bad decisions. And you spend a lot of your time trying to undo what has happened to you, whether it's your, something that you made as a bad decision or someone else has made. Here in the text, the parents sinned and the children had to suffer for it. The faithful had to suffer for the faithless's disobedience. And it's just a fact of life and it's hard. But Caleb and Joshua suffered for all of they suffered 40 years in the wilderness because of all the rest of their disobedience and rebellion. Now, I want to take a moment and speak to the, the fact that right here in this text and in Numbers, um, if you are reading this book, you are faced with the fact that God is the judge. And if you're like me, there's a lot of stories in this story of numbers that'll bother you. Where you see God's judgment, and it's just hard. Um, and I just want to acknowledge that, that what you learn here is that God is the judge of all people. 
We are not the judge of God. God is our judge. And it's just hard. And guys, like sometimes you're not, you're going to read this Bible and you're not going to understand it. You're going to wrestle with it. You're going to say, God, really? Like, that seems kind of intense, you know? Like, if you're like me, I'm, I'm like, and it's just hard. But I just want to encourage you to continue engaging with the Bible. You will never get all the answers. When you get to heaven, you'll get all the answers, maybe. Um, but what we learn is that God is our judge, and we are to worship him. And on God's judgment, I just want to say to you one day, the promise is that God's going to, Jesus doesn't know when. I don't think, I think the text says he doesn't know when he's coming back. But one day the Father's going to say, Jesus, go get your bride. And he's going to split open the sky. And he is going to judge the earth. And that's going to be a bad day for a lot of people. It's going to be really sad. And it's, it's hard to even imagine that day. Um, and that pain that we feel from God's judgment can serve to motivate us to tell people about God's goodness. But for us who believe, we know that God's judgment is good because he is going to make all the bad things disappear. And we will live in the full glory of God and the goodness of God. Looking back at the text here, number verse 24 says, But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land into which he went, and his descendants shall possess it. So we see here a reminder that God does bless obedience. But just because Caleb was faithful didn't mean that he didn't suffer. And this verse is, is contrasting the people that were disobedient with Caleb and Joshua, we will find out later in the text, who were faithful. This verse right here dealt with my heart the most because... God said of Caleb, he has followed me fully. And I wonder what God says of me. Does, does he say of Ricky, Ricky followed me fully? That's a very convicting question to ask myself. And I want to ask you, you know, insert your name. Do you follow God fully? Or is there something that you're not following God in? Is there unrepentant sin in your life? Is there an area of your life that you're holding back? Um, in the very last book, the book of Revelation, Jesus is given a vision to John, and he's given um, different encouragement and, and words for each church. In one of the churches, he said, You are neither cold nor hot, you're lukewarm. 
and I'm ready to spit you out of my mouth. The heart of God is he wants our heart. He wants us to fully follow him. He doesn't want us to know everything. We're not going to be perfect. We're not going to know everything. There's going to be a moment where we're disobedient. But he wants us to follow him fully as good as we can, as much as we can. So sometimes I ask Caitlin to do a trust fall on me just for fun. So if you don't know what a trust fall is, it's when you tell someone you have to literally just fall back, all right, and they have to catch you. So she hates it. I'm like, you don't trust me. She's like, I do trust you. And so faith is like doing a trust fall. It is not going to be easy. It's going to be scary. Caleb was, I'm sure Caleb was scared. Like these people, they went and inspired the land. They're way outnumbered, and all he has is faith in what God said, I would give you this land. When God gives you, when God speaks to you to do something, when you read the word, when you have to enter into a land, an area of your life that's unfamiliar, that you have to take it by faith, that's scary. It's absolutely scary. It's okay to be scared. That's where faith comes into play. And God rewards faith. And he fills his plan, fulfills his plan through people with faith. And if, you don't have, if I don't have faith and I say, I'm going to stay secure and just figure everything out on my own, he's going to use somebody else. Because as he says, as surely as I live, the earth will be filled with my glory. And he uses people of faith, like Caleb. But we must trust God. God often leads us to do things that feel scary or impossible. But remember who he is. Do not live dependent on your own power. Live dependent on God's power because he is more than able. He is the great I am. He is the fountain of living water. He is the bread of life. He is the one who performs signs and wonders. He is the one who provides so much more than we need. He is the one who gives life and life abundantly. He is the one who gives love, joy, and peace. He is God And he is worthy to be trusted. And he is the one from whom all blessings flow. Verse 25 says, Now, since the Amalekites and the Canaanites dwell in the valleys, turn tomorrow and set out for the wilderness by the way to the Red Sea. The book of Numbers in our English Bibles is a lot of times called Numbers. In the Hebrew Bible, it was called In the Wilderness. It's probably a more accurate version of this story. It's called Numbers because in verse 1 and the last, chapter 1 and the last chapter are a census. The disobedient generation until they all died and the children who entered in the promised land. But the story of Numbers is a story of the, of the Israelites in the wilderness. And I want you to remember that God did not forsake them in the wilderness. He continued to be with them. Whatever wilderness you walk through, whatever suffering that you walk through here on the earth, God has not left you alone. I want to read to you Psalm 139. O Lord, just listen to it. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. 
You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down, and you are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's high, and I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. And if I make my bed down in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. And if you say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you, O Lord. The night is as bright as the sky, for darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. And I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately wove in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance, and in your book were all the days of my life written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I could count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there is any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. If you're like me, you have doubts. And maybe there's a part of your life where you feel like maybe you disobeyed God. Maybe you didn't follow God fully. Maybe you you wonder if you were supposed to do something that you didn't do. Let Psalm 139 remind you that God is with you wherever you go. And he's not mad at you. And his love is so great. If you have been blessed to be able to have a child, you know the greatness of a father's love or a mother's love. God loves you a million times more than that. He's with you. And he asks us that we just have faith in him. It's not the greatness of our faith. It's the greatness in whom our faith is in. As we enter into a time of response now, let's ask ourselves the question, am I following Jesus fully? What does obedience to God look like for me today? What's my next step of faith? So as the band plays and we sing, you respond how God leads you. Let's pray together. Oh, Lord, we thank you that you love us so much. We thank you that you give us mercy and not judgment today because of Jesus Christ. 
We thank you for the blood of Jesus who covers all of our sins and has made us pure. We give you praise. Oh Lord, we pray that you would increase our faith because you are more than able. You are the creator of the universe and you are able to do anything. We know that you hold us, you lead us, and you guide us. Lord, we pray that we would love you more and have more faith. Help us as we journey through the wilderness of our lives. And we thank you for your blessings, for they are so abundant. You are so good to us, God. Lord, we love you. We praise you. And we respond to you now in Jesus' name.